Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the... Check. Check. The sound should be a lot better. I've moved my studio. I've, I've taken the Course in Miracles recording studio and moved it into the bedroom of my one-bedroom apartment that has carpeting and more sound proofing or more better acoustics in case you cared. The reason for that, it's not so much about the Course in Miracles podcast as much as it is about the podcast I am creating to go along with the release of my book. It needs to be pro-AF. And so not that I don't relate to myself as a little bit pro with the Course in Miracles podcast. I certainly take it seriously enough, but there are people, I am certain, who notice the subtle slash not subtle echo in the background and so cease tuning in. So there's an update. So the the big update or the to to continue with this update, I am releasing a book here in not very long and The book is going to be called Undercover Angel. It is an addiction memoir. It is gnarly. It is a gruesome tale of what I personally went through. And ultimately and obviously it has a happy ending. So I hope that each of you would give it a read and the there will be an associated podcast. So there are approximately, I want to say 100, 120 chapters in the book, something like that. And there will be, I think, this is ish, this is a rough estimate, but a podcast episode corresponding with each chapter in which I explain the deeper psychological uh, and emotional sort of mechanisms at play, the, the deeper understandings I have come to about the nature of what happened to me and then what happened as the result of that. So there's a lot of trauma bonding, which I didn't realize was the case until very recently. Trauma bonding is essentially when a victim perpetrates onto, or when a, a perpetrator Uh, when a perpetrator perpetrates upon a victim. And those are referred to in one of the 12-step programs I go to as dosing transactions. So a dosing transaction happens when a victim gets victimized by a perpetrator and those dynamics or those, the bonds that form as the result of that are referred to as trauma bonds. So there was a lot of trauma bonding in my romantic life starting at a very early age and an entire world view, self view, view of others formed as the result of that. And the trauma bonding is just one sort of small piece of it. But I, the intention of the book and the associated podcast is to paint a complete and total picture in the minds of those who, uh, the reader and the listener. 
And it also, of course, leaves room for interpretation. Like, what if I'd been raised perfectly? What if there had been no trauma bonding? What if I had known how to stand up for myself, et cetera? Um, maybe I still would have taken that first drug and become addicted. Who knows? So it's not, you can't really associate the, it's not necessarily a cause and effect thing so much as it is the, uh, the, the level of consciousness that was at play in those early victimization moments, those early moments in life where I was being victimized or where I was losing control emotionally, that same level of consciousness was dictating things or was sort of in charge when I started to take drugs, you know, as an adolescent. I didn't start taking drugs very early. I started taking, I started smoking pot when I was 16. So I wasn't like one of those kids that starts when they're 12. I was actually kind of straight edge, but what happened happened. And so the intention again of the book and the associated podcast is to paint a very uh, thorough picture in the mind of those who read and listen. Hence the polishing up of the podcasting. So look out for that. I want to say it should be completely ready by summer. I think that would be a very realistic um, I think that would be a very realistic time frame. I have not given myself a deadline. I'm a little too scared. So all kinds of ontological coaching things happening right now. There's certainly a level of uh, there's a degree of resistance operating, so I'm very much resisting the possibility, um, the, I guess the consequences that will arise as the result of putting this work of art out into, the, out into the world. There will be good consequences and there will be consequences I cannot anticipate. It's a pretty gnarly story, so stay tuned. And there's my update. Without further ado... Why don't we just jump right into Lesson 123. Thanks to each and every one of you, again, who has been listening uh, religiously, you might say, religiously in, the, in the, the true sense of what that word is supposed to mean. Uh, thanks to each and every one of you for your discipline with the course. I had a beautiful moment this morning. I woke up and I was in turmoil. I woke up and I was in pain. I woke up and I was hurting. And this little voice inside, and I, I did my little meditation, and I read my course. I started to read the lesson of the day, and then I got this, this voice in my head said, Dave, do your kundalini yoga. You haven't been doing kundalini yoga. And I was like, kundalini yoga. So I did an hour of kundalini yoga. And at the end of my set, so the way kundalini yoga works is you, do a, you tune in, then you do a warm-up. You tune in with a chant. Then you do a warm-up, then you do what's referred to as a Kriya, and then you do a chant at the end, to chant a mantra. And at the end of my practice, I was chanting a mantra called Arake Rakanahar, and I just felt the presence of God surround me, and I just felt God come to me and say, Dave, you're doing great work. It's going to be fine. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. And so the kundalini yoga, it's another structure that helps me ultimately to empower my relationship with God. So the Course in Miracles sort of works at the, I want to say the intellectual and mental level. Kundalini yoga works at the energetic level. It's all energy. It's actually what's referred to as, it is actually referred to as the technology of happiness. So you're sort of chiseling away at your subconscious 
garbage with Kundalini yoga. So hold me accountable, people, to do more Kundalini yoga. Send me a a text, send me a Facebook message reminding me how much it helps. I used to wake up at four in the morning, take an ice cold shower and then do Kundalini yoga for an hour and be done a half hour before dawn. That was an amazing practice. It requires an insane amount of discipline. I've heard it said that there is freedom in discipline. So without further ado, lesson 123, I thank my father for his gifts to me. Today, let us be thankful. We have come to gentler pathways and to smoother roads. There is no thought of turning back and no implacable resistance to the truth. A bit of wavering remains, some small objections and a little hesitance, but you can well be grateful for your gains, which are far greater than you realize. A day devoted now to gratitude will add the benefit of some insight into the real extent of all the gains which you have made, the gifts you have received. Be glad today in loving thankfulness. Your father has not left you to yourself, nor let you wander in the dark alone. Be grateful he has saved you from the self you thought you made to take the place of him and his creation. Give him thanks today. Give thanks that he has not abandoned you and that his love forever will remain shining on you forever without change. Give thanks as well that you are changeless, for the son he loves is changeless as himself. Be grateful you are saved. Be glad you have a function in salvation to fulfill. Be thankful that your value far transcends your your meager gifts and petty judgments of the one whom God established as his son. Today in gratitude, we lift our hearts above despair and raise our thankful eyes, no longer looking downward to the dust. We sing the song of thankfulness today in honor of the self that God has willed to be our true identity in him. Today we smile on everyone we see and walk with lightened footsteps as we go to do what is appointed us to do. We do not go alone. And we give thanks that in our solitude, a friend has come to speak the saving word of God to us. And thanks to you for listening to him. His word is soundless if it be not heard. In thanking him, the thanks are yours as well. An unheard message will not save the world, however mighty be the voice that speaks, however loving may the message be. Thanks be to you who heard, for you become the messenger who brings his voice with you, and let it echo round and round the world. Receive the thanks of God today as you give thanks to him, for he would offer you the thanks you give since he receives your gifts in loving gratitude and gives them back a thousand and a hundred thousand more than they were given. He will bless your gifts by sharing them with you, and so they grow in power and in strength until they fill the world with gladness and with gratitude. So read that again, right? He receives, for he would offer you the thanks you give since he receives your gifts in loving gratitude and gives them back a thousand and a hundred thousand more than, than they were given. Receive his thanks and offer yours to him for 15 minutes twice today, and you will realize to whom you offer thanks and whom he thanks as you are thanking him. 
the holy half an hour given him will be returned to you in terms of years for every second. Power to save the world eons more quickly for your thanks to him. Receive his thanks and you will understand how lovingly he holds you in his mind, how deep and limitless his care for you, how perfect is his gratitude to you. Remember hourly to think of him and give him thanks for everything he gave his son that he might rise above the world, remembering his father and his self. So I thank my father for his gifts to me. If you are listening to a podcast, you are probably one of the most privileged and blessed people in the entire universe. I was watching, I think I mentioned this, I don't know if I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but I watched a video on YouTube the other day of these people in Bali that live at the foot of a garbage dump, a gigantic, gigantic mountain of trash. And they live in these tenements at the base of this mountain of garbage. And the men wake up in the morning and they take these baskets. They have these like baskets attached to their their backs, like a backpack sort of. It's like a backpack slash garbage can type of a thing. And they wait for these massive trucks, like these huge scooper machines, to come in and... The, the dump trucks dump the garbage, and then these giant scooper, what are they called? What's that thing called? <laughs> you know, the truck with the, um, it's like a tractor. It's like this giant tractor with the giant scooper come, and they, they scoop the trash, and they move the trash around. And then these trash scavengers run in and salvage whatever they can from the trash. All of their food, little pieces of soap, Rotten or half-rotten eggs, pieces of meat, shards of lettuce. Is that, you have a shard of lettuce? Piece, little pieces of lettuce, little pieces of vegetable, uneaten garbage, basically. And they take their collections home to their families after they are done at the dump. And the women prepare the food that the husband collected from the garbage. The fascinating thing I found about these people was that they were all smiling. They were all laughing. They mentioned that they did not notice the smell. They were grateful to be alive. It was one of the most fascinating videos I've ever watched. I'll actually include it in the show notes if I can find it. So, Take some time today to thank your father for his gifts to you because we are some of the most blessed human beings on the planet. Those, who us, those of us who even get to hear that the Course in Miracles exists are blessed indeed. Thank you again for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.